welcome to Pushing Beyond the Obvious, a podcast where we cover the current trends and thoughts in the fields of sales, marketing, innovation, leadership, entrepreneurship, and strategy. And I'm your host, Mukesh Gupta. Hi, Peter. Thanks for taking time and talking to us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, so as we do with um, all our guests, um, I'd like to request you to introduce yourself, uh, the kind of body of work that you have done over the period of time and what all of that has led you to do what you're doing right now. Sure, well my name is Peter Shankman. I am uh, most probably most widely known for founding a service called Help a Reporter Out, or Harrow, which connects journalists with sources all around the world. Um, I started that several years ago, it was acquired a few years ago. Currently I write books, I have a new book coming out in uh, the end of the month called Zombie Loyalists, uh, using great service to create rabbit fans. I am uh, a speaker, corporate speaker, public speaker, uh, consultant, I am on TV a lot, uh, everything from Al Jazeera to CNN, and um, I spend way too much of my life on an airplane. Personally, I'm, I'm married with a 19-month-old daughter and a cat, uh, um, all three of whom refuse to uh, relinquish the couch. <laughs> okay, so you did mention um, uh, Zombie Loyalists, right? So I just wanted you to talk a little bit about the book uh, and from where the idea of the book is born. So I know that you've already written a few other books, some of them bestsellers. So why this particular book and why, why right now? That's a great question. Thank you. <clears throat> Zombie Loyalists is, is basically the premise that we are moving towards a customer service based economy. What that means is that um, you know what, what 50 years ago used to be advertisements saying, hey, buy my service, I'm amazing, or uh, marketing saying, hey, buy my service, I'm amazing. <clears throat> and even in the past 10 years, which has been, hey, uh, tweets or Facebook posts of, hey, use our service, we're amazing, that's really changed into a world of other people. Uh, talking about your business. Now, never before has the uh, economy as a whole really had, would every consumer had the ability to share information in real time as it's happening, both good or bad. And so the concept of, hey, we are incredible, has really uh, lost uh, belief. It, what it's led to is, hey, this service is incredible, uh, being heard by people who are trusted um, and being said by people who are trusted. If I have uh, a trusted network of 500 people and someone says, hey, I love this service, you should use it, I'm much more likely to believe that person than I am an advertisement from a company that I've never heard of before. So uh, interesting that you bring this up. So we are, we are talking about an always on, always connected and always talking um, uh, society. So and for a matter of fact, um, uh, what this also does is creates so much noise, right? So if you go to Yelp or if you go to a review site, you find hundreds of thousands of reviews. I mean, uh, in that uh, uh, kind of... Uh, uh, deluge of information. How how does one find the right kind of information uh, and information that can actually believe and uh, take it up? Well, that's what's great. Uh, you know where the network is going. Uh, like I said, it used to be this place where people would go to. Um, they'd find out information based on what they needed or what they wanted. Um, but at the end of the day, what wound up happening is that more and more people became. Uh, uh, understanding that, you know, hey, if I believe something on Yelp, that may or may not be true. You know, that might be something that's written by uh, perhaps a shill or perhaps someone who is not, um, uh, who is not, uh, um, uh, who is associated with the company, who's not to be believed. And so what's wound up happening is that we tend to trust our friends. And so if my friend goes to a steakhouse, for instance, and has a good time, and I'm in that same city looking for a steakhouse, Google Maps or Facebook will automatically know that, that that person is a friend of mine and will recommend that steakhouse to me above all the others as I uh, 
as I search for that steakhouse. So it becomes more about the network knowing what we're doing in real time and about the, um, the searches and the queries we have coming up automatically. So that's interesting. So we're, you're, you're saying that uh, we are moving into an economy where uh, uh, the connections and the service experience that these connections have had with your business is what is going to define uh, the uh, success or failure of the business. So does that mean that um, customer service can actually become a competitive advantage for organizations? Do you already see it happening? No question about it. Uh, bad customer service can ruin a business in five seconds now thanks to the internet. You know, I had an experience with a car rental service uh, in the U.S. several months ago, and by the time I tweeted it out, um, uh, several of my friends said, well, I'm never using them again. And if, you know, that, that is now when my friends look for rental agencies, that post comes up, that tweet comes up. It has to be about customer service more so than ever before. So is that, uh, uh, is that uh, the basic cost of being business table stakes or is that uh, beyond table stakes right now? I think that that's one of the top things. Um, you know, we're looking at um, the concept of customer service really as the way that people are going to define it. You know, again, if it comes down to, people don't even need to post anymore. My belief is that Yelp and TripAdvisor are going to go away. If I have experience and I post it online, uh, for positive or negative, the internet is going to understand that sentiment. And if that sentiment is positive, that's my review. I don't need to leave a review per se. I can simply say, oh my god, amazing steak. And the network understands that it's that. Interesting. So um, from an um, actual uh, experience perspective, uh, uh, do you see small businesses or medium businesses understand this uh, shift in, uh, uh, in the landscape and start reacting to it already? I see they're starting to. Yes, companies are definitely starting to understand that what they do offline translates into what happens online. Uh, I also see that they're starting to use social media less and less as a device to respond, but rather as a way to get their customers to explain when they're having a great experience. You know, when, when a customer complains on Twitter and then you answer it, everyone says, oh, that's great. Look at how they responded. The fact of the matter is they still had a complaint on Twitter. So if you can get them not to complain, but to really enjoy themselves and to leave a great experience to begin with, you avoid that whole process, and that starts offline. Interesting. So I also understand that uh, this entire process uh, of delivering instant customer service um, is very much dependent on the employees that uh, you have in your organization. And some of the large brands, some of the large organizations have a lot of budget uh, which can actually uh, allow them to train their people, hire the right kind of people. But for some of the smaller businesses or some of the businesses which are in the mid-segment, it might not be a great possibility. So what, what, should, they, what should they do? Uh, in order to uh, equip their employees? Well, one of the best things they can do as they hire new people, hire the people for intelligence and hire the people for empathy, not for their skills. You can teach someone how to fold a bed sheet. You can't teach someone how to be a people person. So hire for the people. Second thing I recommend is focus on the people you have and explain to them that they need to treat every customer like they would be treating their mother. You know, the customers are what's going to generate revenue. The revenue is what's going to determine whether that employee gets paid or not paid. And so you want to be able to make sure that they understand that and that they uh, approach every employee. You have to assume that every customer has a problem. Whatever that problem is, hey, I need ice cream. That's a problem. You know, make sure that you are able to fix the person's problem, and uh, uh, the employee has to know that 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 it's their first experience with the customer that determines whether that customer stays or not. So, isn't that uh, also a bit of a challenge? Because if you're trying to uh, if you're trying to uh, please every customer coming in, uh, I'm sure um, you'll go mad. I mean, uh, you, you you get customers in all shapes and sizes. Yes and no. You know, you have to realize, number one, no one's saying that you have to be out of this world like you have to go 30 steps above the norm. All you have to do is go 1% better. Let's face it, we expect to be treated like crap on a regular basis in customer interactions. 
if we can just treat our employees one level or customers one level above crap, not even great, just one level above crap, you know, they will, uh, they'll remember that and they'll come back to you. When the bar is set so low, you don't really have to go that high up. So I'd like you to unpack um, the first thing that you said about employee training a little bit more. So when you, you said uh, you need to uh, hire people for empathy, so how do you, uh, uh, how do you uh, check that? So how do you test that during the interview process or hiring process? For me personally, I take every employee out to lunch and I see how they interact with the wait staff. If they interact with the wait staff and treat the wait staff as a human being, you know, I have no problem with that. They're, they're, that they've passed my test. You know, if they're so, oh, that asshole, he didn't know what he was doing or this or that, or, you know, people have to treat people like human beings. And you can learn a lot by just watching a person in one hour doing that. That'll, that'll talk a lot about the person's uh, uh, insights and, and what they believe in. Interesting. So you, uh, I'll again come back to your book, the latest one, Zombie Loyalist. So uh, how do you define a loyalist and how, what do you mean by a rabbit fan? Well, if you imagine a zombie, a zombie is on, once, once a zombie is infected, his only purpose in life is to feed, right? That's all he wants to do. He wants to go out and find food, eat more, infect other people. A zombie loyalist is the same thing. The more you, um, uh, if you give a great experience to a customer, that customer becomes a zombie loyalist. All they want to do is uh, eat with you, is hang out with you, is, is, you know, use your company for whatever your company is doing. They will drag people to your company. They will, in fact, become a zombie loyalist for your company. Um, we all have that friend who likes to go to that one specific restaurant, and whenever you hang out, he's like, "Oh, let's go here." You know, he's he's that guy who who is a zombie loyalist for that company. So, rabid fans are those who deliberately try and bring uh, uh, other friends and 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 convert other people into becoming zombie loyalists of that business. Interesting. So, um, um, uh, we also live in a world where uh, there are some uh, companies which of which. Uh, which insanely good at uh, uh, providing customer service. Mm -hmm. So that sets the bar really high as well, right? So for example, if I have interacted with a company like, let's say, uh, Zappos or uh, let's say uh, Apple, and I go and interact with a company which is kind of uh, around the corner, um, a business, uh, a retailer or a, uh, or a restaurant, I kind of uh, expect similar service or similar uh, treatment there as well. Isn't that uh, kind of a challenge? You should. And the problem, the problem is we don't, but we should. You know, imagine if you got treated as well as you did from Apple, as you did for the customer at the store down the street when you ordered your lunch, you'd be a fan of that store for life. So the question is, why aren't these businesses taking cues from that and realizing how much better they actually can be? Interesting. So if, if someone wants to go that path, go down that path, um, so are there any um, suggestions or any um, uh, advice that you would give them as to where do they start and how do they start? Um, yeah, I mean, the best, the best thing I can recommend is, you know, again, to start and become, become someone who automatically wants to immediately uh, follow up with what's going on with their customers. Ask what they're doing, ask how they can help, ask what's going on, things like that. The more you do that, the more you're going to be able to create these people who love you and who want to share and who want to be with you. So that's, that by itself is a big shift that we are looking at, right, because some of these businesses are not... Uh, let's 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 face the fact uh, they are still small businesses. Uh, they are still uh, not growing as much as they would like to because of the simple fact that uh, they do not uh, uh, understand uh, a lot of these things. And uh, so, is it uh, expecting too much from them, uh, or is this something that you are already seeing? And if if you are, then if you could just give us a couple of examples of where you are seeing them. I think that you know, you look at companies who care, you know, who really do care, who want to be a part of what's going on, who want to make sure that they're teaching their employees how to be great. Um, 
in that regard, you're seeing companies like, um, uh, I mean, there's small businesses all around the world, but like, for instance, there's a restaurant on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, a coffee shop. And this coffee shop allows um, for every single one of their employees to use their own discretion to give discounts based on whatever they want. So you might see 10, 10 cents off a cup of coffee for a nice smile discount or cute ass discount or something like that. It's not about the, the, the money that the people are saving. It's about they're looking forward to that incredible, um, oh, look, he said I had a nice smile, you know, and he wants to sh they want to show that to friends, and they create Pinterest boards around it. And so that, you know, giving employees the ability to make their own decisions, um, giving them the ability to create their own ideas and not just have to follow a script is hugely important, hugely important. So what, um, um, uh, I come to another aspect of customer service, right? So uh, what uh, what uh, uh, tools like Twitter, uh, uh, Facebook, and uh, all the other social technologies have done uh, is uh, create an alternate channel of uh, uh, service requests as well. So if, if, for example, there are times when um, uh, my telephone company, uh, I have some problem with them, I call them up and they kind of put me ho on hold for let's 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, uh, and uh, I disconnect because I can't wait for such long. I tweet out a tweet. And then I get an immediate response. So that it seems as if there are two different worlds there. So one which is living in the old era of, um, uh, and one which is kind of you know up to date in terms of uh, these uh, tools. So why do you think that disconnect is there, and uh, do you see that disconnect going away already? Well, I think again that's the problem. You know, you you have this disconnect, and companies are realizing that they can't do that anymore. They have to make sure that they are creating good experiences both online and offline. It can't just simply be one thing. You know, you can't say, oh, well, if they get mad and go on Twitter, then we'll fix their problem. No, it has to be automatic all the time. So um, uh, does this also mean that uh, uh, business owners should start treating their customer service or support engineers or customer support people as salespeople as well? This Does this become a legitimate sales channel as well? No question about it. It needs to be a much, much bigger system, and it needs to happen much, much smarter. Uh, no question about it. People are, are making the mistake over and over again of not caring about their employees and not caring about the customers and saying, oh, you know, well, this will sort itself out. Well, it won't, and you'll be out of business. So that really needs, that's really important. Really, really important. Interesting. So there are a lot of um, uh, loyalty programs around as well. So some of uh, my listeners have also been uh, looking at uh, adopting some of these um, loyalty programs. So what are your thoughts on uh, the current um, uh, loyalty programs and what do you think are probably good and what do you think are some of the shortcomings of the current loyalty programs? Loyalty programs are great, but you again, you need to understand that just a loyalty program itself is not going to save you. What needs to save you is the customers. You know, I could be loyal to an airline. If the airline consistently screws me, I'm not going to be loyal to them for much longer. So before you focus on an airline, or a, I'm sorry, before you focus on a loyalty program, focus on a customer um, uh, situation where you are where you are taking care of the customer first and providing great service. You know, again, if, if if you you might have the best loyalty program in the world, but if your service is for crap and no one likes you, well, then that doesn't matter. Is that simple as that? I mean, it really is. It sounds crazy, but it really is. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, with with all these um, uh, new tools coming up um, uh, for use. Um, what do you think uh, small businesses or uh, business owners or entrepreneurs do with these tools? So, for example, how should they use uh, Twitter? What, what is the best use of Twitter that you have seen of a small business uh, using Twitter for? 
or for example, what is the best use that you've seen a small business use YouTube for? The best answer I can give you to that is, is the companies that use those different services the best are the ones who understand where their clients are, where their customers are, and how their customers use those services. You know, if you might you might spend thousands of dollars promoting yourself on Twitter, but if, if none of your customers are using Twitter, you're an idiot. You know, focus on where your customers are, how they like to get their information, and reach out to them that way. Interesting. So let's say, for example, um, um, let's take a fictitious company, and uh, let's talk about the fact that their customers use YouTube a lot. Uh, so what do you suggest they should be doing? You find a company, again, where are they? Where are they hanging out? Where are they spending the time? Okay, is it on Facebook? Great. Okay, then reach out to them on Facebook. How? Well, find out what they're talking about. You know, ask them how you can help them. Ask them what you can do to improve their lives. Don't try to sell them. You know, too many people assume that, that communicating with a customer means trying to sell them. My question is communicating with a customer is why don't you just stop and say hi? You know, I used to have a PR firm and we used to drop by and spend pizza. Um, we used to spend pizza. We spend pizza to the office just to say hi. You know, we wouldn't charge them for it. We'd say, "Hey, we're saying hello. What's going on?" And you'd wind up with this amazing um, ability to to see inside the customer's mind and what they wanted because they started to trust you. And as soon as they did that, it was a lot easier. So I strongly focus on on connecting with the customer just for the sake of connecting. Talk to them. Ask them how you can help. What you can do. So so um, it's very interesting that. Uh, um, uh, throughout uh, the uh, discussions we've had so far, some of the things that come up uh, again and again are really the fundamentals of running a business. So you need to understand who your business are, who your customers are. You need to understand where they are hanging up with. And exactly. It's basically it's genuine. Yeah. So that's probably is not so common. Uh, I guess that's the reason why uh, we see so many people complaining on many uh, everywhere about uh, bad services. No question about it. <laughs> so another uh, thing that um, uh, you you see quite often on um, uh, on social media or when you talk to friends uh, is that uh, whenever you talk about customer service, there are two or three kinds of industries that typically uh, come up. So either people are complaining about airlines, um, they are uh, uh, complaining about uh, uh, their uh, uh, restaurants, or they are really really uh, fancy and completely taken over by restaurants or uh, retailers. So there is no other industry typically, or maybe to a certain extent, uh, uh, mobile phone companies. Uh, apart from that, there is no other industry which kind of comes up in any uh, uh, large, uh, in any discussion around customer service. Maybe to a certain extent, hotel experience. Oh, but I disagree. I disagree. Almost every, almost every service online now, or every service in the world now has their online component where people don't necessarily um, uh, trust them or like them. They can talk about anything. It has nothing to do with simply um, uh, one service or another. I've seen it in every industry in the world from flower delivery to car rental dealerships to uh, restaurants to hotel chains to movie theaters to t-shirt companies, you name it. The every, every, no, there's not one company out there who's not immune. Mm, interesting. So, uh, so I'd like to kind of ask you some of the most common mistakes that you've seen entrepreneurs do when it comes to um, uh, messing it up, uh, messing their customer service up. So, are there any patterns there? Uh, do you see? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, definitely. It's again, it's not paying attention to your customers, not understanding where your customers want, not understanding what they're looking for, uh, not being human. You know, being more of a machine and less of a human being. You want to be social. You want to be um, uh, human. You want your, you want your, um, you want your company, to, your, your employees to understand they need to be 
human beings, not just drones. That's really, really important. So this brings up a very interesting experience that I had yesterday at a coffee shop. So I was uh, yesterday at this coffee shop, uh, a big thing, let's say, for example, 3,000 stores, uh, all company operated and ran. And um, I, I ordered a cup of tea. Uh, I like my tea a little strong, so I asked them to give me one more tea bag extra. And uh, the waiter refused. Uh, I told him, why don't you talk to your uh, manager and uh, ask him uh, if uh, you can give an extra tea bag. Uh, he spoke to his uh, uh, manager, and he refused as well. And when I told them that, see, if you want to charge me extra, you charge me extra, but give me the damn tea bag. And they said, sorry, sir, we can't charge you, but we can't the tea bag. I mean, I was, I was so, uh, I, it, it cost five bucks, yeah. and they were charging me uh, 50, 60 bucks for a cup of tea. And uh, still, after having spoken uh, uh, to three people in the hierarchy, um, they were not, uh, they, they were more adamant on following their process and rules. Right, rather that's than, the problem. You know, Who, who spend so much time, uh, whoops, there we go. You, you see all these companies who spend so much time um, focusing on the rules, right, and not letting the employees think for themselves. And once the employees start thinking for themselves, the changes are massive. What the hell would have an extra bag of tea cost him? Nothing. And, but you would have been thrilled, and you probably would have recommended people, and you would have left with a better feeling, and you would have brought more business to them. That's the understanding they need to get, and that's the biggest problem there is. Interesting. So you also spoke about uh, uh, PR and um, your first organization, uh, which is help, out report, help Reporters Out, right? Uh, so how important is PR still? I think PR is still pretty huge. Um, if you look at uh, the, the concept of getting in the press, that's really important. But again, it only it only matters if you're in the you know you might be in the press and 100,000 pe new people might go to your business. But if your service is crap, they're not going to come back. Too many too many companies are focusing on on getting new customers. I say focus on making the customers you have amazing, and the customers you want will come to you. Interesting. So, uh, for example, let's say, for example, I have started, uh, I've, I've now kind of taken care of the service component in my business, and now I want to go out and get some PR. Getting PR is not so easy, right? So there are hundreds of thousands of people vying for the same attention. So how do you stand out and how do you get uh, the exposure uh, when it comes to PR? So there are thousands of press releases every day. Well, your key is really to have a compelling story to tell. Uh, have a story that actually matters. Uh, you know, hey, we're repainting the conference room is, is not a story that matters. Have a story that matters. Have a story that people want to hear. Have a story that people understand how the benefits work. Uh, have a story that is, is trending. You know, what's happening to you? Is it happening to your industry as well? Can you pitch it to a reporter where it's happening to you and to five other people, five other businesses in your industry? Well, that's a trend story. If that's the case, people will like that. So if someone wants to, for example, a lot of times these uh, business owners also struggle with... Uh, uh, identifying and getting the right uh, uh, connections in, in the press. So, are there any tactics that they can uh, that you can advise uh, or that you can suggest for these business owners to actually reach out to uh, some of these reporters? The uh, Haro service being uh, one of them. Yeah, I mean Haro, of course, help a reporter out is wonderful. Um, I also recommend just reading. You know, you sign up for a Google News alert on the names of reporters you like, and you'll get updates every time they write a story. Understand how they work. Understand what their basis is. Understand their bias towards certain media, certain certain types of stories, and focus on that. You know, pitching cold. There's no excuse for pitching cold anymore. There simply isn't. Interesting. Okay. So, um, uh, uh, from a tools perspective, um, uh, are there any? Uh, uh, do you see any change in terms of? Uh, uh, what kind of tools are uh, these businesses using for delivering um, of these customer services, uh, customer service experiences? I think that um, some of the tools, again, our number one tool is allowing your customers to talk about how great you are on their own. 
Uh, barring that, uh, you know, again, find out where your audience is and use those tools, whether it's uh, online, Facebook, Twitter, offline, print, whatever the case may be, find out where your customers are. Interesting. So um, uh, uh, I think uh, uh, I, that kind of brings me um, to uh, one of my last questions that I uh, typically ask everyone, which is the show is called Pushing Beyond the Obvious, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, what is something that is so obvious to you, but uh, still uh, a lot of these business owners uh, miss, which you kind of you know, ah, why don't these guys get it? You know, one of the key things I found out is, is you know, you have uh, you have all these companies who, again, they focus so much on responding once you've posted to Twitter, but they don't spend any of the money bothering to do it in real life. Um, airlines are the perfect example. You know, if I have to go to Twitter to get my refund of fifty dollars, and you're happy to do it once I'm on Twitter, why couldn't you have simply done it when I called? What's the big deal? I'm never going to understand that. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, thanks a lot, Peter, for uh, spending your time with us. Uh, it was great talking to you, and I really wish uh, uh, everyone uh, uh, buy your book. Uh, and uh, <laughs> for your book. <laughs> so I wish can the same you thing. tell us where, where people can uh, connect with you and uh, find the book? Certainly. When is it out? Uh, the book comes out January 27th. It's called Zombie Loyalists. They can pre-order it at zombieloyalists.com. That's loyalists with an S, zombieloyalists.com, or their favorite website, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whatever the case may be. They can find me and my life at shankman.com, and I answer all my email personally, peter at shankman.com. Thanks a lot, Peter. Nice talking to you. My pleasure, Mukesh. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pushing Beyond the Obvious. Do share your thoughts, comments, questions, and feedback to me by emailing me at mgr at rmukeshgupta.com that is mgr at rmukeshgupta.com If you liked the episode, please share your love by rating us or writing us a review on iTunes or wherever it is that you are listening to the show. Also, share your love by subscribing to the podcast and recommending the show to your friends whom you think could benefit from the show. You can find out more about me and the show at www.rmukeshgupta.com that is www.rmukeshgupta.com We look forward to having you join us for the next episode of Pushing Beyond the Obvious. Thanks. Keep calm and rock on. Mm-hmm.